1: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Comedian Rob Schneider cracks up the Hollywood casino at Charlestown Races in West Virginia on May 27th. He joined me to preview the stand-up gig, express his pride for daughter L King, and share hilarious memories of SNL, The Waterboy, Big Daddy, and his recent tribute to Adam Sandler at the Kennedy Center. Hey, Rob Schneider. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP in DC.
0: He sounds just, sound just like the uh, South Park episode. Rob Schneider is... <laughs> a stapler. Is, is the, Rob Schneider is a carrot, because sometimes being a carrot... <laughs> that was so funny. Oh, my God. I love those guys, by the way. Oh, the uh, South Park guys? Oh. So tell me, where where are you?
1: We're in Washington, D.C., talking because you're coming to the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in West Virginia, which is a little, you know, but it's it's a little on the border of what we call the DMV. But it's fine. It's all our listening area. So it'll be May 27th, and you're calling it the I Have Issues Tour. So <laughs> what, what sort of issues are you working out here, man?
0: All of them. You know, well, actually, I'm changing the tour name to We're Not All In This Together. Oh, officially, officially changing it. We're not all in this together. We're not. Because when I moved a couple of years ago, I didn't see any of you guys come and help me move my couch. I had to hire people. <laughs> <laughs> We're not all in this together. If we all We're moved not.
1: it together, the couch would have been, we could have moved it easily if we all pitched in, but oh well.
0: I think so. Absolutely. No, but I'm looking for, I mean, the, the crowds have been really great and they've just, they want to hear what you think of the world because they just feel like everything's filtered for them. Nobody's really saying what they the overall. People are scared, so I think stand up comedy is having. Um, I wouldn't say a resurgence, but it's having a real boom again. And it's fun to go out and just laugh and just hear people um, say what you think, but the, but you can't say on Facebook anymore. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah. The comedy setting allows you certain leeway to tackle certain issues because you know it's all yeah, under the comedy umbrella. So you're good to go.
0: Yeah. You would think you'd be good to go, but still people get come get angry and stuff. But um, yeah, you would think you'd be good to go. But let's uh, say you I, should I think... be good to go, <laughs> but uh, not always. <laughs> you um, should be good to go. Yeah. Well, it'll I like be. That. A...
1: It'll be a good time out in, in West Virginia, um, and but in terms of you know here in DC, you were you were just here recently at the Kennedy Center for Sandler's uh, Adam Sandler's Mark Twain Prize. Um, one of the highlights of the night, if you ask me, singing that wedding singer spoof of "Growing Old with You." What was Thank your you. line? I, I was making copies when the Cajun man arrived. It's been quite yeah. an inspiration. <laughs> That's right. Great job. Well, uh, he, h- how did you decide to do a song? We all had-
0: uh, I don't know how to demean. Everybody was going to go for laughs and everything. And I wanted to go for the heart. You know, I wanted to just, we all love them and everybody was dancing around it. But I just wanted to just, you know, it's so nice to be able to honor somebody in their lifetime when they're still at the height of their career. And it was just a, it was a unique experience. I mean, trust me, I didn't want to do it because CNN, I mean, the, I knew no one was going to watch it because it's because it's only played at airports, you know cnn but i uh, i did it anyway (laughs) but i did it to honor my friend and yeah it was nice to just be out there with people who love adam and have a good time and I'm, i'm shocked he let us do it and it's um there is no, you know, the Academy Awards they don't recognize comedy. So, but Mark Twain Award is the is the only award we really have for comedians in America.
1: That is kind of sad because you know the the Oscars, you know, like you, in hindsight that you know they'll they'll give life achievement awards to the Chaplains
0: and the Groucho yeah, yeah. Marxists to... and all that. But yeah. wh-
1: where are they giving the the actual awards? You know, when they're in their yeah, hands,
0: I know when they're you know. Also, it's like they always give like Charlie Chaplin, he's like on his last he's on his last breath, and they go, all right, we better give it. To Temporary dies and maybe it'll get more people to watch, but they're losing, you know, very few people watch it anymore. And it doesn't really, it doesn't have, doesn't connect with people as the best picture anymore. It just seems to be so polluted with ideology, Hollywood, that it just turns people off, including me. You know? yeah,
1: I I gotta clarify something. He did win an Oscar. We're talking chaplains. <laughs> uh he won yeah. he he won his honorary award in 72. And then they also gave him one for a, a musical score he wrote for a movie called Limelight. But you know, as an we're as an actor. Well, I never gave him limelight
0: for was one of the greatest movies ever made. I mean, like, why wouldn't they give it to him for for an actor? Modern time for, modern uh, times or city, city lights. lights, city lights, yeah. It's just because you know it's a uh, it's an elitist art form. I mean, I remember uh uh my buddy, Peter Rieger, who was in Animal House, he played Boone in Animal House and the great guy. And he said to me, you do realize that you've uh, decided to make your living in the most elitist art form that exists. <laughs> I said, I guess you're right. Yeah. Oh,
1: absolutely. And I know there's like always a few exceptions here and there. I think like Mel Brooks might have won for the producers or something like that. But, you know, on the whole, he won
0: for best screenplay, but they don't give
1: like best picture. And they don't do and they don't do for actors. Didn't Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and uh, was it Jack Black? They did that great thing at the Oscars where they said, you know, no comedians at the Oscars. And it's so true. It rang so true. Well, we talked- haven't watched in years. Yeah, well, we have. We talked a lot about the legends, but I want to know, like, the comedians that you did admire growing up. You know, you're born in in San Francisco back, you know, in like in this- in the early 60s. Well, stand so, like, who- up
0: was like such an exciting thing. It's such an exciting time for me. Well, Richard Pryor. I mean, you know, Mel Brooks. I never laughed so hard watching something as I did Mel Brooks' Blazing Saddles.
1: Oh, it's hilarious. And
0: uh, and then uh, you know, seeing Richard Pryor, you know, pop up in the back seat of um, the car in uh, Silver Streak with Gene Wilder. They were amazing together.
1: Pryor co-wrote Blazing Saddles with Brooks.
0: Uh, he was one of the writers on it, truthfully. He wasn't yeah. the writer. He wrote um, some of the stuff that was like, you know, the guy who was like, Mario or whatever his name was, you know, who punched the horse out? Yeah, yeah, his yeah. His stuff. He was responsible for that, believe it or not, you know? So, <laughs> but um, he stuck around for a couple of weeks, hoping to get the role. And they gave it to Cleveland little because uh, Warner Brothers was too um well, they were too worried about the volatility of uh, Richard Pryor. yeah, and uh, yeah, because he was just he was dangerous. And he was like, they wanted a guy who wasn't. And Cleveland Little was amazing at it. But oh yeah, I mean Richard Pryor was born to play that role.
1: My favorite line is Gene Wilder when his hands start shaking. Yeah, you know, he goes steady as a rock. Yeah, but I shoot with this hand, and he's, <laughs> his hands all
0: wave. And man. Know.
1: Mel Brooks did Young Frankenstein or Frankenstein the same year as Blazing well, Saddles. That's insane to me.
0: Well, it um, came out the same year, but um, I, I, they they worked on that and they. That was like a, a tremendous uh, accomplishment. They broke that together with Gene Wilder. Uh, John Landis, the great director, uh, told me um, something I didn't realize about, blaze, about uh, young Frankenstein was that that was scene for scene taken from uh, the Bride of Frankenstein, right And just they just made so they had a really good structure that they knew worked dramatically, and they just made comedy. They just wrote the scenes, rewrote the scenes and made them funny. And that's genius, you know. A lot of times when you're we making a, a comedy, you have to have that dramatic structure for a chance for it to work. And uh, and he really kind of nailed on that and then and did it. And really nailed it.
1: Oh, absolutely, Abby Normal and said a give. <laughs> it's so how good. How about a guy
0: like you know the um, the guy who played Renfield uh, the the um, uh, not Renfield. What was his name? The Igor. Uh, um, yeah, Igor. Yeah, Igor. What was his name? Um about
1: Marty Feldman.
0: Marty Feldman. Yeah, Marty Feldman, but he didn't think he was an actor. Or didn't blah 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 when you know he, he was in the originally the show called I think the nineteen forty eight show with John Cleese back in the sixties in England. He said he didn't think he was a performer. It's like my God, just look at him and laugh, you know.
1: Wasn't his hunch walk that 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 inspired the Aerosmith song, Walk This Way. That's where they got it from. They were watching it. When he goes, well, Walk I this never way. Knew that. <laughs> no, walk this way. And they're hobbling along. Um, well, that's yeah, great. That's hey, brilliant silly silly as man. king, man. I could talk old movies with you forever, but I want to give our listeners a little bit about your career. Uh, what was your big break? Was it the Dennis Miller hosted uh, HBO Young Comedian special thing?
0: It was, a, it was a few little things to get to, you know, and then Saturday Night Live, I guess that's when people know, got to know me. And then, you know, I, we got to make some movies and it's been fun, but I, I've returned to stand up. It's where I started. And I've I've kind of really, I mean, I've done it for the last 10 years because that's how long it takes to get good again. Mm-hmm. And I will say that it is quite the, Uh, a great time to do stand-up comedy because people really come see the show to see whether they know me or ever know that I've done stand-up or that's where I originally started in my career is that um it's fun to to like hear somebody (laughs) in a room make you really laugh hard for an hour and that is a real um gift and it is you know to be able to be in that um in that position uh you know to make people laugh and um and you gotta work at it though. I mean, you I mean, if I take a week off, I feel rusty. So I mean, it really is the dedication of you're saying like um the culmination of a thousand shows when you see a comedian who's doing it all the time, you know, and, and if they're really good, like you you're gonna have a, I I mean, probably the best entertainment value you can get if you go see like a Bill Burr, Sam Morell, you know, um the you know, Chris Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan and these guys who are at the top of their profession now, um, you really get to, you know, and I'm sorry, even Louis C.K., let's not cut him out. These guys are uh, tremendous entertainers and they're thinkers and they, um, you know, I think what people go to see comedy for makes sense of the world for them.
1: Well, you mentioned uh, Saturday Night Live. My listeners will kill me. At least we don't get at least a couple memories of that. So, I mean, remember Bellissima at the restaurant and you de the juice, eh? And the gyros, hubs, yeah. uh, the Richmeister, Rob Schneidmeister, Schneider Reno. Oh, yeah, you do that you know. good. <laughs> those are the ones everyone probably comes up on the street. Do you have a favorite sketch, either those or ones that people don't usually mention to you?
0: I like the guy who put the weed in there because that was more obscure. <laughs> when, when people come up to me, that makes me feel happy. Cause it's like I went into this antiqu- an- is antiquities, African antiquities store, like you know where they have like these old drums and, and sh- shields and spears and and different um, artifacts. Yeah, so I went in there and everything looked like it was what my older brother would use to hide his weed in there. And I said, "Excuse me, ma'am, where does the weed go in here?" She just looked at me like I was an idiot, but I knew I had something. With a terrific writer named Lou Morton, we wrote the sketch, and it was like I was, was a guy, a hippie that's running one of these African antiquities stores. What is that? Oh, this is a Senegalese lute. It's carved from Deerwood. Jesus for Fertility Rituals. They make one every seven years. Yeah, what do I do with it? You put your weed in there. <laughs> you know, and then that was, he just said that over and over again.
1: I love it. Yeah. That cast, Sandler and Chris Farley, rest in peace, and David Spade and Chris Rock and Mike Myers, it was just stacked. That's what I grew up on. And to me, it'll never be top. That was, that was and God, we didn't even mention um, Dana Carvey. There's but, so many. Phil
0: Hartman. Phil
1: Hartman, there's so many
0: um do you yeah that was but, the best cast we ever had of that show I ever had.
1: and talk about pivoting out of that i mean that's where you meet sandler and then getting to do all those movies we you remember you know you can do it from the water boy memories of yeah. the water boy really fast i mean you that was like a breakout big screen moment for you and and you were in almost i didn't think one of his so movies. at the
0: time i just i just thought it was just he had me come in and do this line and use it like had me do it in 15 different scenes i didn't know it was going to turn into anything to be honest with you i just wanted to go out there and Cause he asked me to just the, he's such a great dude, you know? And I said, I'll come out there. I didn't truthfully understand what he was wanting to do. Um, the guy who thought of it was Tim Hurley and Hurley, he's an awesome dude. And um, so I said, yeah. I said, what does it mean? He said, just say it and it'll be fine. You know? So, so was, the, really,
1: was the delivery really your, the detail. was that your delivery or is that a Hurley? Like the you the, how you pronounced it?
0: <laughs> oh no, they just, they just had me. You know, just you just commit to it. Yeah. When you get the line, you commit to it and find your way. See, you can make anything funny if you just—you have to find the the craziness in it all. You know. Just how about the couch, how you?
1: about how about hip hop anonymous uh, in Big Daddy?
0: <laughs> that was Adams all the way. He knew that that character was working, and that we needed like another funny little thing in the montage. He's just a genius. He knows how to make a movie and to space it out. And he got a good. He's got the best handle on like uh like the you know, some guys will have a handle on to make a movie you have to have the small picture, the medium sized picture, and the big picture in your head, right? Yeah. The the small picture is like these jokes, the the um the lines and the characters and this bubble blah, blah. The medium sized picture is how does it all work together? And then the uh you know, the scenes and the order and the pacing, you know. But also like how to sell the movie, what the movie should be about, what is it saying, how do you, what's the idea to get to the audience, and then who are the best people to bring into the, you know, that that's the big picture. Now, some people are good at the small picture, like me. Some people are good at the medium picture. I think I'm pretty good at that. But the big picture, Adam had all three. He was able to like to know and how to make the jokes, how to make the scenes, how to put it all together, who to get and what how it would work and the pacing of it, which is critical in comedy, you know, not be precious about anything. He'll, he'll cut people out if, if it doesn't work. And sorry, it just didn't work. You know, he's not going to worry about feelings for, he's going to worry about the audience's experience and the best one he can make for them per picture, you know? And it doesn't always work, but I mean, he's got that down. I mean, he really does. And he's created some wonderful generational, movies that people uh, uh and they're who they grew up with that now can watch with their kids and that's very i don't know if that's if that's ever happened and uh for such a long period as adam's had it's just incredible his run and he's such a special human being and a special actor and he just you know there's adam sandler day at schools where they dress up like the character i mean no one else does that i've never heard that before it's a <laughs> it's a beautiful honor to have
1: I guess at schools, Billy Madison's probably the go-to. Everyone goes and pee. you pee your pants, you're cool for a day once a year. <laughs> Billy Madison,
0: Happy Gilmore, the water boy, they equally. No, they all do, man.
1: Oh, they're hilarious. It's all,
0: uh, it's all um, pretty uh, remarkable. That's why when he was performing live, it was super special to be a part of that. Because it was a stadium. He performs for stadiums. Yeah. That was really special. and uh, Really... Uh, Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S., the person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded
1: by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. And you'll show up in a mil- if, if you look at Adam Sandler movie, mo- most likely you're in the background with Mr. Deeds or 51st Dates. Any of
0: them. All of them. Longest year A lot old. of them. I mean. A couple of them, I just showed up to say hi, and then they just put me in it because I was there.
1: Hey, get in I there. I swear to
0: God. In <laughs> Mr. Deeds and in the uh, in the Longest Yard, I just showed up to say hi. And the next thing I know, he's like, come on, get in the Mexican gang. And of course, I did it, you know, because I'm a whore. I did it. And it's yeah. fun. You know, it's it's nice. I mean, he's been such a, an instrumental. Uh, I mean, all I ever wanted to do was make movies, just, just be a character actor. And so, yeah. I, I never had plans to be a movie star or anything like that. I just wanted to do, to make, you know, make a living as, as, you know, doing, being a comedian or whatever. And so I had to play characters like, you know, when I was a kid, you, there was this movie. Um, it was, I'm going to make some coffee if you don't mind. Nope. Gonna, um, uh, there was a movie called. Um,
1: I hope that's coffee. That's I'm Cass hearing. It's not, it sounds like a trickle of another kind. <laughs>
0: you know, you'll hear the boiling in a second so the um you'll hear it boiling or flushing in a second all right you're sure and and then um you know i you know every character in that movie casablanca you know peter lorry, mm. you know, rick i need the papers of transit rick, rick. i need them i talked to the fat man yeah and then peter you know and then does peter lorry and then Humphrey bogart yeah, i'd listen to him and he could figure out the cadence of the way he talked you know and, you yeah. i watched old movies you know Edward G. Robinson, see, man, talk like this, see, man, why not? So you, you come up with, I mean, I, I lived those guys. And I, I so, so, so Adam has provided a platform where I can come up with characters and do stuff. And just trusted me. But sometimes I go, I don't know how I'm going to do that.
1: And he says, you'll do it,
0: you'll figure it out. Yeah. And I would. And then, like, I'm very proud of that movie, The Zohan. That character is probably the best character I've ever done. Uh, in the Zohan playing a Palestinian guy and I didn't get any complaints from people because I did it really well and you can't even tell it's me and I studied for months on that to do that right
1: Oh, so yeah, many, so many great, you know, supporting roles and character actor bit stuff. Yeah, uh, but I, have to, I have to ask you, it, you know? I was going to say, I have to yeah. ask you about when you finally get to become the leading man. Happy Madison Productions, their very first film, I believe they produced. That was, was Adam's was, idea, not mine. Deuce Bigelow,
0: male gigolo. I was happy just being a, a small bit player, you know. Um, but uh, he, he just said, write a movie. And I said, about what? And he said, just find something. I went home and I um, you know, you know, when Adam says write something, I go, okay, I'll try my best, you know. And then he um he uh he said, What do you got? And I said, I don't have anything. He said, I don't know. So he said, Well find something. So I said, All right. So I started watching um TV and, Amer- and American Gigolo was on with Peter, you know, Will- I'm sorry, what's his name? Richard Gere. Richard Gear. And I was like, Well, well, you know, I mean if if um and I am like, this guy, this handsome guy, he doesn't – and he's with these beautiful women. They don't need gigolos. This is ridiculous. So I thought, this is already a comedy. So I just said, well, what if a guy – who's the guy – who are women that really need gigolos? And I said, if I played some loser guy who cleaned fish tanks, and I said um, – and he, uh, you know, was cleaning the fish tank of a gigolo and, like, and then had to take over for him for some reason, I said, we might have a movie. So I did that and Adam read it and I was on a plane with him and he was laughing so hard. I mean, he was dying laughing. And I just kept watching him as he's laughing. He said, how come nobody writes scripts like this for me? And then I said, we went, um, we were in Hawaii and he said, um, and I said, well, he said, they not finish this thing. We'll make it. So I said, well, I'm leaving. I'm going to go back home and finish it. And he said, no, 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 no. Just stay, stay here. Cause he likes to have his friends around, you know? you know that about him yeah you just stay here and finish it I may mean, stay here and let's have fun for a week and then when you go back you finish it and then i'll produce it and he'd never produced anything for anybody else before you know so that was a first and um that was so nice and also he enjoyed the process of it and enjoyed seeing me be a lunatic in a movie you know so We've we'll all
1: we, we've all enjoyed you being a lunatic in a movie. And that one, you know, you proved you could be a leading man and sort of opened to all those high concept comedies like the animal <laughs> where you get animal powers or my wife's personal favorite. She said, you better ask him about the hot chick where you switch into the woman's body. Memories of the hot chick. Uh, just so my wife is pleased that I asked you about it.
0: <laughs> well, I made that movie for one line, one line in the movie for my daughter who was 13 at the time. I said, um, "Don't," you "You're beautiful. You don't need you don't need boys to make you think um, you're special or beautiful because you are. You're enough." And that was for my daughter Elle. Yeah. And um, the movie kind of was was the brainchild of a terrific writer named Tom Brady, lovely man, and um, we wrote it together. And in eight days, and um, we were laughing our tails off. And then the guys who really make things better are the guys who you take a good idea and then you give it to these guys named Matt Selman, Dan Graney, Mike Reese, Lou Morton. These are guys who wrote, wrote for The Simpsons, and I still think they're still there, and they are, or some most of them. Ian Maxton Graham. These are people who make you look like a genius because they're so, so funny, such brilliant writers. And it just gives me more stuff to play. And they had so many funny ideas. And it really was, a, you know, the honor of my life to be able to do perform jokes that these guys had written for me. And um, cool. yeah, and it's beautiful. Just the, just the line, you think you're so cool because you could pee with your penis. I mean, that would, that would never be said in any other context in any other movie, you know, except mine <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> oh i so, love it Thanks the, for- um, it's been a it's been a um i mean that one holds up i would say like if i had one movie to put into um uh you know if there's space for one of my movies on one of elon musk's um ships <laughs> like a time capsule yeah. for the for their colony over there i would say we'll take that chick yeah, they'll,
1: they'll. Imagine what they'll think of us, Earthlings, watching the hot chick.
0: Uh, well, well, no, no, no. The 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 mission to Mars. When they send people over there, they're going to need videos. It's going to take a year to get there.
1: No, that's true. Good point. Well, f- sort of. As we close out, you uh, you mentioned your daughter L King, of course. Uh, let let's sort of end yeah. there. You know, X's and O's was a huge hit, and now she's gone on. And, you know, is is doing great in a sing- in her music career. But when uh, when did you first hear X's and O's? Did she is there like a moment where she's like, "Hey, Dad, check this out. This is going to be huge." And you you know you get the inside sneak peek at it. Or when did you know she was going to blow up?
0: I was there with the producer and her when they played it, <laughs> and I said, "Like, I, there's nothing like this out there." This is like, it's like country. It's like Roy Orbison. It's like, it's got a meanness to it. It's like Elvis. And it is, there's nothing like it. And it became a worldwide smash and still get played everywhere. No, she's She hasn't even, she hasn't gotten to the top of her, uh, you know, she hasn't gotten to like that Taylor Swift kind of level, but I think she's going to get to the playing like arenas and stadiums because she's that good. And, you know, it's just it takes years to do it and she's building her way to do it. Oh and yeah. she is uh phenomenally talented. She is just, I'm so proud started. of her.
1: Just getting started.
0: Just uh, getting started. Did, yeah. Does
1: she have a favorite movie of yours watching growing up? Was it like Home Alone Two?
0: <laughs> the bellhop? Well she was, she, she was, was the she was the, the um the Girl Scout in Deuce Bigelow.
1: Oh, that's right! I did remember seeing that in the cast when I was researching this. Well, well, there's so many, there's so many. Grandma's boys, benchwarmers. We could talk all day, but I don't. What does she like? Hot coffee.
0: chick best, probably. You that's say the, hot chick. She chick's likes the, best? the hot chick. That's her favorite. She probably likes that one the best.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's anyway. that's it's hard to argue. Uh, you've got so many, so many great, great appearances. But we'll let you get back to to your hot coffee instead of talking the hot chick. So, um, hey, thank you, thank so you so wife, much. So your wife,
0: I said hi, and that's a good one to watch. You have any girls? <laughs> Any
1: kids? Any kids? Not yet. Not yet. We're we're hopeful, but I will I will tell her you said hi for sure. She's a huge fan of the hot chick.
0: <laughs> and right. she is a hot
1: chick herself, if I must say so.
0: Well, so. good for you. <laughs> You're not in radio for nothing.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, but we're here in on radio to tell everybody uh that Rob Schneider's coming to the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in West Virginia on May 27th. So get your tickets now. Thanks so much.
0: I'll see you out there on May 27th. That's my last show. And then uh, before I have to, (laughs) I've taken a long break after that. So I hope people enjoy it.
1: All right. Sounds good. See you, man. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.